This edition of the Russell Brand Podcast is brought to you by Audible.com, where you can listen to audiobooks wherever you want, including Russell's. Sign up at audible.com slash brand to get your first book free. Hello, this is Russell Brand. You're listening to the Russell Brand Podcast. I'm here with Matt Morgan. All right, Matthew? Hello, mate. G's here as well. He'll summarise this eventually with a poem. And even though he seems to be writing already, Matt, what can he be writing? I don't know. It's on his phone at the moment. How can you suck? Frankly unprofessional. If you look around this room, it's a group of listless people varying in ages just on their phones. phones. I mean, how can we expect people to go through the rigmarole of filling in a form online when the people are actually live in the room are distracting themselves by any possible means? It's our job to win them over. That's by the end of this podcast. People in this room will be listening. But they might be the only ones. It's Russell and Matt at audioboom.com if you want to email us, or you can leave us a message if you want to. You could find out that phone number yourself. Have you been. Go on. I was going to say we're not trusted to do adverts anymore. <laughs> Interesting that the advert, like if you were listening last week, you'd have heard us uh, uh, advertising Square Peg. They are a, a type of place where you can get uh, a website designed if you would want Squarespace. to. Squarespace. That's what that's its name. But now we're no longer trusted to do the adverts, Matt, even they, though you really were driving <laughs> the item yourself. I was driving it, but I had a terrible passenger in the car. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to grab the wheel I and has steered it off a cliff. So now <laughs> the adverts will just appear professionally without Russell in them. It's weird, isn't it, that me, a, a lifelong entertainer, thousands of public money spent on training me at various institutions, drama schools and show-off institutes and drama places. I can't be trusted to participate. I know, you'd think, someone with a product would think, well, that's good association. Get a you know, get a famous person to no, no, keep him well They're away. Gone, Fuck that, we can't have him. <laughs> he all knows it right. You called it a sham or a scam or something last time. Sham or a scam? That is the <laughs> <laughs> that is the last reputation that they need over at Squarespace. Ironically, they are a bit square. Yeah. <laughs> First sign of a bit of fun. <laughs> they they checked right out. Um, at the listeners that could uh, get through the various portals and uh, hurdles to, to listen to this thing uh, of communicating with us thusly hello russell and matt i was born in the usa that's from a, a mr bruce springsteen <laughs> no it's from someone calling themselves cynthia but 21 uh there's double t in that so it's not like that but i'm but 21 years old and yeah i'm world weary what a life i've led i was born in the us i've been living in the uk mostly london for nearly five years i've got loads of questions about everyday life in the uk i never believe what one person tells me i put all the responses together and come to my own conclusions so my first question is this why do people from england make so much fun of other people's accents if they don't sound like rp why is that do we? I don't We've know. got a range of accents in this room here. Yeah, there's we? Irish people everywhere. You luck. There's Northern Irish. There's Irish. There's Mancunian. G's from London. Charlie, where just... are you from? It's a lovely posh, posh. accent from a ninth. She's from posh. Gareth's from Hull. People. <laughs> <laughs> Gareth doesn't sound like he's from Hull though. He's he's beating that out of himself. He's beating that out. Gareth, who produces this show, has spent his life pummeling his roots and sleeping in cupboards <laughs> at Horse Ferry Road, Channel 4, so to fit in with uh, his new media lifestyle. Now, belly. one of the items we did uh, last week, Belly Bounce, is it's taken the world by storm, Matthew. It was is it? A, yeah, it was a story that actually you found. Um, 
about a Belfast man who was convicted of assaulting his elderly neighbour by using his belly to bounce her away from his home. The idea of belly bouncing has really captured the public imagination. Terry Ash Davis says that belly bounce is the new pin-pin. Ah. The pin-pin was part of our, the early culture of, of our radio shows. And uh, yeah, people really are interested in belly bouncing. People want to do belly bouncing. They want to hear more about belly bouncing. Yeah, lots of people saying it's the new pimping. Other people want to hear you doing that 52-year-old windy man character. Well, that actually was me. It wasn't a... It was you. This is It wasn't a character, that was you. It was someone called Matty says, can you please get Matt to do that 52-year-old windy man that you created on episode one? I spat out my tea and screamed laughing on the tube. Why are you drinking tea on On the the tube? tube. Oh no! I, I, yeah, we'll have a polystyrene cup, Starbucks cup. Not maybe. many people do that though. That would usually be a coffee or a soft drink. Well, I sometimes get tea from them. Do you? Yeah. There you are queuing up for a tea. A little cup of tea it doesn't. It never works. It's not the same. Coffee from that is a joy, but tea, it's horrible. Another person says that. Uh, this person says, "Hello, Matt and Russell. Matt, I thought you'd enjoy having your name first. Following Russell over the years." I've been watching the Trues and I've picked up, he's uh, been listening to his podcast as well. I've come to the conclusion that Russell and Matt are the same person. Whenever you see Russell by himself, he comes across as together, self-assured, almost superhuman. But when it's Russell and Matt, Matt emanates a Russell-style humour, but with a commanding sense of composure while Russell flies off the handle. (laughs) Causing nervous sponsors to withdraw to a pre-recorded sanctum. Yeah, and who have they asked me to record it? No. Who have they asked to record it? Who have they asked me to record it? You need to learn to break up sentences. I know, I failed. (laughs) I don't know why I'm trusted to do the adverts. It's ridiculous. It says something about... who have they asked me to record it? (laughs) Me. That's who. So there you go. You've impressed young Stephen Legaccio uh, who questions whether or not we're actually two Matt and Russell doesn't sound right. Russell and Matt has a sort of flow to it. That's what you've told me to say. That's right. Well done. I've been listening the uh, Albert Musk sizzle. I've been listening to rely, I've been listening to you and relying on you for a sense of happiness for a very long time. It's something that myself and all the other two thousand plus members of the Matt Morgan Appreciation Society discuss at length. This weekend, I'm looking after my girlfriend's little brother and sister, both of whom are under four. I was wondering if Matthew, now that Matthew's a parent, if he could offer some advice about what to do with these little people. I suppose Russell, you could be participate in this as well, as long as it doesn't involve palming them off. That's Albert Musk Kissel or Must Kissel or something. What, what, have you got any parenting hmm. tips? Um, well. How would you entertain it? I mean, I remember when you, you had a nephew and a niece. I mean, they still, still have, have them. got them. You're yeah. less interested in them. <laughs> Are you, do you still love them as much now? You're yeah. the son? Well, they're seven. You don't right. have to they're... divide off a bit of the love. Oh, no, no, no. You've still got enough love. Is but it like... that love's infinite? Yes. So well, it's not yeah. like love. They're family, love. so I'll always love them. But they're eight now, so they're not as... Nice. Well, they are nice, but they they change. Kids sort of, you you know, you end up being like, you're the only one with any enthusiasm. They're a bit like, yeah, you're a bit sad. But Tell me uh, again, and for the world, about the time that your nephew Josh pulled his penis long into a string and said, somebody kiss this! <laughs> well, you've pretty much covered it. <laughs> but when he, I reckon he was about three and a half, he got so excited. He'd done something good and everyone was pleased with him and I don't know what he'd done, but whatever, it was good, mm. right? And he had a moment of pure human sort of feeling. And he pulled his pants down, pulled his willy all along and went, somebody kiss this. <laughs> That's just as an instinct. Just an instinct. It wasn't, there was How, no. He's had no opportunity to learn that. It was insane. But to see it, you just sort of thought, I sometimes feel like that. 
So do I. But if I did that on the tube with my cup of tea. Somebody kiss this? (laughs) Well, that was that's more of an order. Somebody right. kiss this. It's, it's a just, bit, a, it's just a throwing bit more it out there. James Brown. As you probably would be. Yeah. Like, somebody kiss this. Somebody. I don't care who. Kiss this. Not you. <laughs> All right. You do it with that one. Yeah. No, it's, yeah. You're right. It's more of an expression of pure exuberance. Like I want to jump back and kiss myself like James Brown style. Yeah. It's, it was a pure moment. Toddler James Brown moment there. Yeah. But now to do that eight years old, it might seem a little bit, you know, like. Yeah, now it does sound... It's that would be odd. ...precocious thing to say to somebody. Dear Russell and Matt, thanks for coming back. I haven't laughed out this loud since listening to... For, for, I mean, What? This is <laughs> this worse is, than my floundering. This is why I'm not allowed to <laughs> publicise either audiobook companies or, <laughs> or website companies. Thank, well, I mean, it is a complex email. Thanks for coming back. I haven't laughed out loud listening to a podcast for years. No, it's not complicated at all. I was lifting weights, listening to the first one, and assume I looked like I was enjoying my session a bit too much. That's war and more. He ends his email simply with, Bully bounce! People say that a lot, don't they? That, that thing about laughing in incongruous places, or just like, because you're listening to a podcast in your mm. head, but to people around you, you're just some mad laughing person I suppose that's what mental illness is isn't it they must have an ongoing inner narrative of madness that they're responding to I have started here's a thing I'd like to suggest people start doing it's inappropriate compliments to people I the other day a waiter leaned over gave me my coffee and I went you've got very nice eyelashes and it wasn't a bad thing to say. It's nice to say that to, isn't it? Some, but I could see that he didn't Did like you mean it? it? Well, hang on. They were, were you del- struck by... They were really long. Exceptionally long really? eyelashes on a young man. But I suppose now I'm at that time of life where to compliment someone on their eyelashes, is perhaps it's predatory. Well, how did you say it? I like those eyelashes, young man. Look at those eyelashes. Let me pluck one and make a little wish for oh, you. Why did you notice his eyelash? It must have been quite striking. So he's probably heard that before. He leaned in. He leaned right into my vision. So I was sort of confronted. Well, they stroked by you with his eyelashes, sort of. It's like a butterfly kiss. Kind what of. did he say? Was he embarrassed? It wasn't a well-received compliment. I know when a compliment's gone over well, you know, when people sort of feel like... I suppose, like, you know, I spend most of my life trying to disrupt the norm. Like, sort of, like, say I'm in the back of a cab. I don't want their normal chat. I want to get to the heart of the matter, you know? The real person behind the cab driver. If I'm in a hairdresser, I want to know the person behind the hairdresser. You know, I don't want... Or if I'm talking to a policeman, I want to know the real policeman. I don't want them just giving me their patter. Yeah. So if I'm in the back of a cab, first of all... You disrupt the pattern. Disrupt the pattern. Like, uh, well, firstly, you enter in on the pattern. Because otherwise you can't get anywhere. Busy today? Fine. That's good. Oh, the knowledge. Then you know, maybe you'll drop something that sort of opens up intimacy. Oh, I, I like your bald patch. <laughs> you changed gear really well then. Look at that. What a fine set of knuckles you've got. I just would like to suggest that people start giving compliments to people that throw them off track a little bit. Yeah, but it feels like someone's taking the mickey. Oh, know. I don't want it to feel like that. Well, when you said that to that bloke, he probably thought you were taking the piss. If you said, you've got nice eyelashes... 
It's hard when people just don't want to get out of the mainframe. Because like when I was, I was in a shop, a newsagent, and I thought, I'm really going to try and engage this guy like with some banter about us purchasing a packet of cigarettes for a well, friend. I think you overthink a lot of these little Do you? moments. <laughs> yeah. Do you Who think- gets in a cab and thinks, right, I want to get to the heart of this guy. I'm in a newsagent, so I really want to win this conversation. I just need to know what's going on here. I don't want to be sold a paper by this prat. <laughs> <laughs> Or are you going through life trying to get more out of situations? I don't know. It's you, been really you're exhausting. You're on a quest for truth. I'm on a quest for truth and it's knackering. Well, yeah, stop it. Go in the newsagents, buy a paper and leave. Go home. Yeah. What happened in this newsagents? Upset him. Did you? <laughs> <laughs> well, because I was like, I suppose... Well, do you know now, if you want a pack of fags, the, uh, there's a sort of a drawer gets, there's a thing. Well, you don't buy fags, do you? You buy them for someone else. Oh, yeah. Some kids outside. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, it, was, it wasn't that. It wasn't that. It was, it was uh, something else. It was, a, it was a, an adult human female that I was taking care of for the weekend. I was being a... Christ, this is getting terrible. Is it? You, an adult, you were taking care of her for the weekend and you were buying her cigarettes. Yeah. She's an adult. She, um, is she all right? <laughs> No, she smokes too much for a start. She's being looked after by a bloody idiot. She's entering into sort of situationist art pieces in a newsagent when a simple pack why of are you looking at done. Is this, is this an avenue we don't want to go down? Like why you're looking after an adult human female? Yeah, I was just taking care of her, trying to put something back into society. <laughs> <laughs> then we just put this back into society. <laughs> and then take it out and then put it back, back in. Oh, don't put it into next to society without washing it first. <laughs> Oh, oh no. Not. So you're doing a lot with the community nowadays. I love the community. And when I was on a walk with that person, I, I met someone from a group called Headway. Headway help people that have had injuries. This woman said to me, come to my place, Headway, where it's for people with head injuries. Obviously, this woman had a head injury. It affected her speech patterns. Hang on. So you are looking after a woman who's had a head injury? This woman, the, the woman, oh. this is a separate woman. Oh, right. I thought you were the new Jesus for real there. Oh, so close to being the new you, Jesus. It sounded like you met a woman with a head injury yep. and she could barely walk or something. She what? was stuck around your house and she was... What if it was that? Get me some fags. <laughs> and you no. went out and got... That's a separate woman. What, I've got one woman a packet of fags. There's a woman with a head injury. I go to Headspace. I hang out there with people, chop up some potatoes. I've got pictures of it. I can prove that all these things happen. Yeah, okay. Made pals with people. There was a woman there from Barcelona called Christine. She was very nice. It was a, all in all a very pleasant experience. They went down the park. They never charged me for the ice creams. Never charged. Never charged. <laughs> what, you had a head injury. <laughs> is that why you were there? This is. A, I just this like is, to what's going my on in the news agents? The volunteers. Well, what? Look, all I'm saying is, is try to disrupt the mainframe. It doesn't have to be constant acts of violent revolution or even in, a revolution with sort of intent. It could just be it just disrupts stuff a little bit, right? Like Francis Bacon used to do. Did he? Apparently, Francis Bacon, if like you were serving him in a sort of an offhand way, like here goes your teammate. Bacon would go, well, look at you. Hello there. What's going on? I don't know what Francis Bacon right, was like, right. but he'd do his version of that. Trying to sort of create a situation. Yeah, he doesn't want things just going by. Now, while we're on the subject of creating situations, which we are, here's a situation. And not that everything isn't. Octopus attempts daring bid for freedom as astonished aquarium visitors scream in horror. An octopus left aquarium visitors staring in astonishment after attempting a daring escape from its open-topped glass case. Stupid to keep an octopus in an open-topped glass case for a start. The marine creature took advantage of its open-air home and began its ascent to freedom. It's open-air home. This is my open-air home. Using its suckers to stick on the side of the glass. It's a strangely composed story. Mm. 
The octopus slowly made its way to the top of the tank before flicking its tentacles over the side of the glass. See, there's some odd verbiage yeah, in all of this. What's it saying about the octopus? It's really well. It's putting him in a negative light. The octopus is simply following its innate instinct to be free. Yeah. And Not flicking its tentacles like it's a little rat bag. <laughs> <laughs> you little prick. Keep those tentacles to yourself. Children were heard screaming in horror as the huge animal <laughs> begin, began, begins pushing its body over the thin glass barrier. But the octopus was quickly pushed back by a member of the public before aquarium staff arrived with a lid. Who's this member of the lid? There you go. That's the end of that. Stamp that out. Who's it? Like, well, it... Hang on, was it? He's not um, food, is he? You know when you can see your food in the tank. Yeah, he's just in there as a sort of. He's an exhibit. Oh, that's sad, isn't it? Who's that little snitch member of the public shoving him back down? Yeah. Why would you bother? And why was the lid not on if they've got a lid? Well, why why experiment with a lidless aquarium in a situation just where you've got an octopus? Tempting him, poor little guy. Bloody ridiculous. And what was he going to do? Say he did get out. What was he going to do? Pretend to be a diner. <laughs> did th- where did you think that was going to end? An octopus is hardly an inconspicuous beast, is it? No. In almost any situation, you'd single out an octopus other than under the sea. Even then, they look bloody odd. Where they're Have you seen the be. mimic octopus? The one that can... It's fascinating. It can become a snake. It can mimic loads of different animals. How can it do this? How it changes it its colour. It changes way? its whole shape and everything. It's creepy. Google it. What about those creatures that have got a single identity? <laughs> what about those creatures? <laughs> what about those creatures that have got an identity as an individual and as a herd? Like they curd up and act like a sort of a column of, they're sort of, what are they? They think Cows? they're slugs. Now there's some sort of slug. Herd that's got of an slugs. Indi- there's these creatures, mate, that will in- have an individual identity and then they can come together as one, like a superhero. Like they've bacteria. You're thinking of the Transformers. What, now there's this guy. He's a car one minute. <laughs> before you know it, he's Optimus Prime and he's in charge of what's going on here. And that's for sure. Octopus Prime. Well done. Well we done. Go. It's a pun. And I think we can leave that there. We can park that, which is what I would do to Optimus Prime. Because it's basically just a bloody lorry. I did, what I didn't about. like about Transformers was I had one that was a tape deck. Right, mm-hmm. with a little tape that went in it, yeah. but he was the same size as it's a, a lorry. I can't deal with toys in different scales. Inappropriate right? scale. What this Lego table I've built. Mm-hmm. Right, I don't. Oh, wanna... it's come on well, has it? It's You've finished. Got it. I've got, I'll send you a picture of right. it. I'll send everyone a picture of it. Put I'm it on. Quite the proud side. of it. But like Duplo or Duplo, however you say that. Well, they're duplicate Lego bricks. They're big. They're like the toddler version of Lego. Mm-hmm. They fit with Lego, which is right. amazing to me anyway. But like, they're the wrong scale. And then Cohen, my son, will play with Lego, but then get a matchbox, like a normal toy car, and drive it in the Lego world. I couldn't And I I can't deal with it. You are actually following the plot of the Lego movie to an eerie degree. To an eerie degree. But like, you know, like when you're little and you make a traffic jam, I've got to have everything in the right scale. It's got to be a consistent world. If it's not a consistent world, what's the rules? There's a teddy bear here, like playing, like sort of friends with a little tiny car in a world of Lego. I can't, like what's the consistency? I just need consistency. You do know that the natural end point to this (laughs) is fascism, don't you, Matt? Yes. (laughs) And that's why we are sponsored by the Nazi party this week. No, terrible no, bunch. You, you know terrible, what I mean. Terrible bunch. He sort of like, it makes me go, oh no, he wouldn't exist in that world. And if that car's there, then why is there a Lego car? If you're in a situation where a tape recorder and Optimus Prime are going toe to toe 
in some sort of ruck. For yeah. me, I can't stay with a film built on such an erroneous premise. No. You're quite right. There's got to be some distinction. There's got to be some kind of order. Yeah. I agree with you. That's why... I, I but mean, no, actually, Dan, didn't you as a child use Chewbacca as Team Wolf? I won't be attacked for this anymore, Matt. I've defended this time and time again. I used the toy Chewbacca as Teen Wolf because, for me, the world of Star Wars, I'd explored it and I'd examined it and I loved Teen Wolf. But what about the bandolier around him, the strap, the thing? Like, that was so the Chewbacca. The bandolier <laughs> was a pain in the ass. I bet it was. And also that Teen Wolf, or Chewbacca, as he was known, <laughs> couldn't rotate his head. That was annoying. Oh, I see that. And I hate that. that you couldn't be any of the other people from Teen Wolf. I didn't like the Star Wars figures not being able to bend their knees. No, and I didn't like the lightsaber coming out of Luke's wrist in that Oh, way. that was horrible, wasn't it? Revolting. You could see the shaft of the lightsaber in his arm. At all times, like he was like that in intravenously <laughs> ejecting himself with lightsabers. And then just slide the little thing and it would come out. That was... He should have just had a hand that could hold, hold a, lightsaber. a lightsaber. Do you know why? Money. <laughs> Bloody money, Matt. That's why. They wouldn't give him an independent lightsaber that he could hold because they decided, oh, it costs too much money. Well, no, because so you just lose it, wouldn't in you? His arm. I did lose it because later models did have it like that. When they went back and redesigned Star Wars, had another bite of cherry. That's how it, yeah, yeah, they did that. But toys, I mean, I just, it comes, like playing Lego even, you sort of feel the frustrations you had as a child. Really? When you're trying to build them. a house just out of red bricks and then you run out and you think, oh, well, I've got to use the white and the blue now. Well, and then it. it all looks weird on one corner. So you're building a red, white and blue <laughs> <laughs> B&P house that only a certain kind of patrons allowed in. You're using that Lego table as a kind of template for a fascistic new well, regime. Lego's fascist, isn't it? Is it? I don't know. I've just thrown that out there. Now I've got to support it. Yeah, it kind on. of is. But well, the Lego movie well, certainly you, was about conformity. Yeah, you can't. You can't. You have to build within the sort of you know rules of Lego, don't you? Well, again, the Lego movie covered this to an. With, well, I think we should cover it again. <laughs> Without the budget, the script, <laughs> or its incre- impeccable cast of fine comedians. <laughs> yeah, uh, Matthew, with your hatred of any kind of freedom or incongruity, how you must have loathed the uh, viral sensation of the week, a baby weasel riding on a terrified kingfisher's back. Did you see it? It's a woodpecker, isn't it? It's definitely a woodpecker, yes, I can see that now. But I mean, because I was distracted by the baby weasel on, on his, his back. back. Yeah, I suppose that's the thing to focus on. I didn't it's hate so that, cute, actually. Did it, did I it, loved it? it. But look at the the woodpecker's expression. Like, I can't believe it! <laughs> I get yours, mate! <laughs> he likes it, though. He can't believe it's happening. The, I don't think the woodpecker's enjoying that, Matthew. He looks fraught. And well, who was the aggressor in that situation? Wasn't the woodpecker trying to eat the baby... Weasel. Martin LeMay, who took the shot, says that he was with his wife in Hornchurch Country Park when the pair heard a distressed squawking before witnessing the woodpecker's struggle for life as the weasel clung to its back. There's nothing in that sentence that suggests that the woodpecker's having anything other than a bloody awful time of it. <laughs> Why is he smiling then? <laughs> so, yeah, pretty upbeat actually I guess the presence momentarily distracted the weasel but the woodpecker seized the opportunity and flew up and away into some bushes away to her left quickly the bird gathered its self respect and flew up into the trees the woodpecker Never. left with its life the weasel disappeared into the long grass but it feels like it's a little baby weasel it's not it wasn't it's yeah. trying to kill the thing I don't think it is look it's so small how would it even bring that thing down yeah I think they're working together I think they're friends I think perhaps they're solving woodland crimes in there. 
I wonder how much money he's made. There's been another fire. hedgehog's been stabbed. Right. Well, this me is back. Woodpecker and weasel. <laughs> it's a job for you guys, I'm afraid. You can walk this time, you little bastard. No. No way, I'm on your back. Do you reckon he's made millions from what, that? What, Martin? That pitch has been everywhere. So if you own the rights, though, how do you... You must make loads of money, mustn't you? I'm sure that Martin LeMay... He's a, he's a real fat cat, this fella, in Hornchurch County Park in Havering. Gluing animals on each other for 10 years just to get the shot. That's all, yeah, the, the, I don't know. He lives with himself, really. I don't know. Obviously, what this whole thing... Uh, can I be clever for a moment? Well, yes, please. <laughs> we can edit of... it in. <laughs> <laughs> We've seen no evidence of it in the previous 10 years. <laughs> um uh, well, this we've is, bigged this up quite a lot. So this is about man's. I think this is about man's infatuation with nature, and about man us feeling divorced from nature. So that when we see something like that, we sort of this pang to belong once more to the natural world. Because look at us, Matt, bricked into a basement in East London, perched in front of these mechanical microphone arms, uttering out senseless observations when we should be. <laughs> Remember when we was in them woods, you and I, yes. animal creatures? We were on drugs, weren't we? No, we weren't. Hold on, we were, weren't I we? I wasn't. I was on some drugs. Yeah. So, like, that's helped me to... We, and we just were animals with each other. Growling. Hang on a minute. Let's just back up in case someone hears that and thinks we had sex in a wood. <laughs> we... I've never felt so alive, Matthew. <laughs> it can't be like that with a woman. It can't. Um, no, we sort of, what were we, I don't know, we were just like we were pretending to be wild. in a wood. And you yeah. said, let's pretend that we're animals. I don't think I said it, that make me look weird. You went there, Matthew, I'm sure it was you, let's pretend we're animals. And then we started dancing around in a circle going, <laughs> like that. And then it went a bit mad and we were making eye contact. There was, the, I think there was someone nuts. else there. and they. Who? I think there was someone else Who? there. You know. That woman. No. Oh, not a, a no, a bloke. <laughs> And he dropped out of it. There was three of us and there was a guy. What do you mean you know? Who is well, he? I don't want to say his name. Cut him out. Yeah, he was there, I think. Was he? And I think we... Well, let's all just be wild in the woods, right? I don't remember anyone else being there. Yeah, he was there, but he dropped out quite soon. He was like, uh, you guys have taken this too far. <laughs> and by that point, we couldn't even say, all right, we'll see you later. We were like... <laughs> <laughs> I liked it better. It was lovely, that place. We were there in the woods. We were animal men. See, when the sun's shining, like it was today, you sort of come alive again, don't you? Yeah, there that's is, why I was are. doing these social experiments in newsagents, because I felt alive and I felt connected once more. I thought, there's a divine presence Damn. within me. There's an animal within me. I'm not just going to accept poor chat in a newsagent. I'm going to get to the heart of what makes this fellow tick. Yeah, well, that's your own issue. But that was nice in the woods when we did that. Yeah. But, you know this thing with a, yeah, a yeah, weasel, weasel riding a woodpecker? Yeah, totemism. We worship this in our nature to worship animals. I don't think it's about nature. I think it's like, because they're Novelty. behaving like they're in some sort of movie. You know, like a sort of <laughs> kids film, like a yeah. Pixar movie. Like, that's the sort of thing that would happen at a Pixar movie. At the end, you know, a little but weasel. But until this point, they'd not been getting on. They'd been in a dispute about well, who we don't owned a know tree hole. Yeah, oh, right, in the movie. Sorry, I thought you were the truth. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not claiming to know the background to the relationship. No, they're... The, we'll pick. I'm trying to... I think they're mates in the movie and they need to get to somewhere else to save something, like an owl or something, you know. Uh-huh. And then when you see that, you think, oh, oh life is together. a bit like that. And then you watch something about an elephant baby being eaten by lions. Awful when you're yeah, subjected to that. Mm. You when, know, when they get involved, but, you know, when people are filming that stuff, you want to get off him you'd want to get involved wouldn't you yeah but you must never why though 
Yeah, why can't you actually? Because in a nature documentary, if we went, and now the elephant <laughs> is being eaten by lions, now we're going to attempt to save him. Because <laughs> yeah, we're, na- we're animals too. Yeah, we we're involved. part of nature. In history, we like if we were you know prehistoric man, we might have run over and gone, leave him alone! <laughs> and Think of your own size! The antelope being brought down by the cheetah. Fuck that. <laughs> I'm on the Not on my watch. <laughs> Look here, you're <laughs> off. <laughs> I run at it waving my jacket. I put my finger in the cheetah's bottom. See how you like yeah, it. Yeah, have that. Now, antelope, let me ride you to freedom. <laughs> I'd yeah. love that if on uh, off, if on nature documentaries they just they let it really get to got them. involved. Like that time, do you remember Matthew when we there was that uh, YouTube clip of that buffalo and like he's a baby buffalo and he falls in the water and a crocodile oh, that. gets Kruger him. Park, Kruger National Park, wasn't it? Yeah, a crocodile gets him in it and then uh, some tiger lions come and get him and still the buffalo runs free. It's, and it's amazing. That's like, but I they know. couldn't have done it. They were on a boat, weren't they? It was like water there. They should have run. That'd have been good if they'd have run in as well. Oh my god, there's a crocodile! Oh my god, a lion's trying to eat it. Who's this fat American <laughs> too? She's trying to kick the lion in the bollocks. <laughs> this is the best video ever. Uh, yeah. Nature is a terrifying thing, of course. Terrifying, but we are it. When I was on holiday down Mexico way, that's right. I uh, was with my friend Nicola, and we were staying on some. Well, it was actually previously owned by uh, an eccentric billionaire who had tried to turn this resort into a, a uh, an eco-park, but he'd brought into it peculiar species that didn't belong there. So even though it was in Mexico, there were zebras wandering about, and there were these alligators and stuff. And That's really bad, isn't it? What, to introduce new ecosystems yeah. to it? Yeah, that yeah. can go wrong, can't it? That's why the mixomatosis in Australia or whatever. No, they introduced mixomatosis to cull the rabbit population, but it's it like got the out old of woman who swallowed a fly. I know. There's rabbits in Australia. I didn't know why. Give it mixomatosis. Oh, God, that's a bit of order now. I've got to watch all these little baby rabbits with pus in their eyes. Yeah. I don't know why she swallowed a fly. Perhaps she'll die. Yeah, but if you bring zebras to South America, that's got to be bad, isn't it? It wasn't that bad. It was fine. They were just romping around. Although, what I didn't like, there was these other little pig things. There were hogs, and then there was other little things that were like monkeys. Me and my mate were riding around on bicycles in this admittedly lovely resort, but when it it started to get a bit dusky, and sometimes you see an animal... We, the humans, are used to the animal being a little submissive. They'll usually back off, won't yeah, they? Yeah. Well, this one, like these these hogs, they for like we were driving around. And it was all lovely on our bicycles, and it was nice. Then we took a sort of a wrong. It was all palm trees and wonder and sort of tropical beauty. We took one wrong turn. It was this. It was this like rubbish dump in the, where I think a they sort pig of pig with a flick knife. It was like a pig with a flick knife by a bunch of old husks. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> You're a lost, ain't you? <laughs> <laughs> Um, the bike was too oh, small. Are you staying at that hotel? <laughs> ah, ah, nice bike. My legs, the bike was too small. My knees were going up too high on it, you know? I looked like it was like a child's bike or a bike. You might as well have had a basket on the front. My legs were going up too high, like great big stupid triangles. Big Aunt Sally riding around. <laughs> Gooning around on the thing. No respect from the pigs. I got no respect from those pigs. Yeah, straight off track, everybody. Yeah, you got a nice basket down your bike. <laughs> <laughs> Do the Russell Brand Podcast with Russell and Matt. Oh yeah. This podcast is brought to you by Audible, who are giving away a free audiobook to listeners of our podcast. You could, for example, download Revolution, Russell's Trickster Tales, or John Rogers' This Other London, and have Russell read them to you anytime, totally for free. 
Go to audible.com slash brand for your free audiobook and 30-day trial. Russell Brand Podcast. So what happened in Mexico? I got a bit unnerved. Well, that was it? You got unnerved by some hogs? Yeah, but then there was these other creatures and I'm not even quite sure how to define them. They were a bit like monkeys and like they they bogged me out. You know, they like what? Bogged me out. Oh my god! Like I looked at, was I was looking at one and it looked back. You know, like an animal. You expect at some point that it's going to bogged go. you. I've never heard that expression before in my Don't, life. You bogging at me, mate? What you bogging at? Well, I mean staring. Staring. All yeah, right, I thought it could have been something sexual. He bogged me out. They bent me over a hedge and bogged me out, <laughs> one after the other. <laughs> that soft scoop ice cream. <laughs> he took and he took until there was nothing left to give. <laughs> uh, never calls. Well, oh, look, he, he stared at me mm. and I stared right back at him. But then there was like a point where I thought, you know what I mean? I felt unnerved yeah, yeah, yeah. by the creature. And then the, 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 the mood changed. The light went down. Well, I suppose that's just daybreak. Or, no, dusk, the other one. It started to go <laughs> the into... Light. The it started to well, go to night time. The light went down behind the hill, that big light. <laughs> now, I don't know if you've noticed this, but there's a sky torch now. He seems to be the boss of when we get up in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> Sky torch has cleared off. I'm left there with a pig with a flip knife. All the animals went tough at night time. They yeah, all went yeah. on. And That's things... their domain, mate. Uh, they were the creatures of the night. You had to get your little bike back to the hotel. I didn't like it. It was all uphill. Back yeah. to... It was all was uphill it? back to the hotel. And then all these sounds started. Everything went really spooky. <laughs> Great big bloody moths. Great oh, moths, yeah. size of flannels, great big things. What about when we're in India for your, can we call it wedding? What should we call that? Your holiday? Holiday, expensive holiday. <laughs> <laughs> when we were in India for your wedding, it was in a tiger sanctuary, sanctuary. wasn't it? That yeah, was and terrifying. they did say there was they a leaflet. They were just loose tigers. In the, and there's a, in the, there's a leaflet in the room saying, we can't guarantee you won't get hit by a tiger, didn't there? Yeah. It's a leaflet saying, Don't, it ain't happened yet, but it could happen. So if it does, don't come crying to us. <laughs> Basically, a leaflet saying, I mean, you are going to be pissed off. There's no, you can't preempt that with a leaflet, can you? Well, there was the two hotels so, and you, you we, were meant to... Did you to... not see the leaflet? My daughter's been eaten by a tiger. <laughs> Sir, I refer you to, to the, the leaflet. leaflet. It made it perfectly clear. There's a little chocolate on your pillow <laughs> and a little leaflet about being eaten by a tiger. Did you enjoy the chocolate? <laughs> oh, I'm too upset. <laughs> well, try the chocolate. It's the perfect thing to distract you from the grief of a carnivorous attack on your progeny. No, it was amazing though because it was two hotels and you were meant to go to the front of the hotel and get the, like, driver bloke to take you to the next hotel and everyone just realised you could walk through the woods yeah but he said to us don't walk through the yeah, woods at night because there's tigers the man who ran the hotel you said he was like some hello tigers tigers eh he was twiddling his moustache and he would listen and he'd, he'd hear <laughs> he a noise in the woods no, who is this guy I never saw him he was like from the Raj days he had like a twiddled up moustache he, he had a Indian twiddled bloke, up moustache who a, has that in this day and age well he did and he, he had, twi- and did he twiddle it while he talked to you oh yeah like, on the first night twiddled. he was like and I never saw him again it was like this weird dream we had was it a he dream? was there no it wasn't see <laughs> he was sat there and he, he'd hear like you'd hear <laughs> from the uh, that was a monkey but like you'd hear a noise of a bird in the woods mm-hmm. right yeah. and he'd go and he'd talk he had someone there with a gun like a rifleman sort of bloke yeah and he'd go that was the second call. And he was like, if, when you hear that, because he can hear, no, he could read the sounds of the jungle. He can and read knew the where jungle. the tigers were, right? Okay. And so he said, if the tigers come any closer, we'll have to get you back to your hotel tents. Like that. <laughs> and so we were like, me and Katie, my wife, were like, oh my God, this is amazing. The next night, everyone was just walking through the 
jungle. No one cared and never saw him again. He filled our mind with horror. People were peeled up off their nuts on that wedding. Yeah. It was chaos wandering about Rumble in the jungle. Anyone could have been in. And there was one night on the last night, heard this noise. Because if you looked out of your tent, you could see wild animals, couldn't you? Every now and again, you'd see something mad come out of the jungle. And I heard this night. That was the exact noise. That noise. That noise. And it kept happening. And it woke me up. And it was... um, had food poisoning in the next tent. I shouldn't say his name. A man in the, in the next, in the next tent. tent had food poisoning. And, and he was going... Bah! Yeah, but it was the... Bah! <laughs> uh, vomiting is so undignified. So you that was his yourself. bottom. Vomiting is horrible, isn't it? I don't like d- during it. I, I think I just don't want to be alive if this is. I it. lay in bed and I think I'm going to be sick. You know when you just know I'm going to be yeah, sick, here it right? Comes. And the then you think no, in. I'm going to fight it. I'm going to hang on to this until it becomes diarrhea in two days' time. <laughs> and if you lay there for long enough, and then you then you stand up and you think like it's happening, and then oh, I try and put it off for as long as possible, and the then vomiting. when it happens, yeah, and then but the worst thing is. When it's not over until you're really like, you know, there's nothing left. Baby, it ain't over till it's over. Yeah. When was the last time you were vomiting? Anytime I feel it come on at all, to tell the truth, Matt, I get straight in there, nip it in the bud. What do you mean? Get down there, jam down. I, I'd take control of the situation. Do I won't you? be terrorised. You won't give in to terrorism? I won't. Well, so you go and make yourself sick. What if, like, you're, oh. what if it's not? Sometimes you feel really sick. Think, oh, I'm going to be sick. That's and come. It That's it. Why'd you do that? Just I don't like it. You uh, don't like no pussy footing. Oh, that's good. Out, oh, well, gonna be sick. I'll try it. That's it. Oh well. What in, else have you got? In, oh, it's coming out my bottom now. Isn't it? Oh, good. <laughs> so I buy uh, a bit of piddle as well. <laughs> Every oh, I'm crying. Oh bloody hell! Oh boom! <laughs> but you didn't best me. It's horrible, isn't it? Like the yeah. What's that disease that everyone gets at, in winter? Um, uh, you know where you're. Nothing. You meant to wash your hands. Yeah, no, it's on door handles and stuff. If you think about it too much, you'll go Mm. mental. What's it called? Um, Mm. I don't know what you're worrying about. No one does. (laughs) If you look at everyone's face, Matt, you're a hypochondriac. This time, you invented a whole disease for everyone. When I think of the name of it, you'll go, oh, yeah. It's a thing that everyone gets in winter, like the winter vomiting bug, but there's a thing. And it can I did a bug. <laughs> it's a craze. <laughs> it's a silly, silly thing that you've tried to bring to uh, prominence in our minds there, Matt. And I, I simply, I just won't have it. I simply won't have it. Now, we can do a number of things. You can quiz me as much as you like on anything you like on that list. Or I yeah, can no, let's tell go you to about, the list. Go on, let's have a look at the list. No, let's not do there's that. There's nothing we'll do on that the list that I'm scared about. No, I've uh, been talking to people around your camp. Yep. And uh, there's a few things I need to talk to you about here yep do you want to just start from the top yep right for the benefit of the tape go on um when the italian waiter wouldn't serve him an espresso before his meal what's that all about i wanted an espresso to pep myself up i was in rome god what a glorious city rome is get around don't you oh yeah i was in rome and uh, doing as the Romans do, quite naturally. Actually, they enforce that because what the Romans do do is they don't have no espresso to after the meal. But I was knackered. I goes, give an espresso, mate. And the right. waiter just goes, of course, sir. And then like another course came. I goes, uh, yeah, can I have that espresso? Yes, certainly. And then another course came. I goes, mate, can I get that espresso? He just, you know, hmm, that time. And I goes, are you going to give me this espresso? <laughs> anyway, no. 
Because really? why, why is that? Is it we're not till the end of the meal, sir? It is not. Uh, it is not our custom. I was like, yeah, but I'm really tired. I'm just a bit knackered. And like, and he, no, sorry. And I, Please come on, mate. Come was on. Was this a sort of it. corporate restaurant that has no, a plan? No, it's like a one-off. It's this guy's restaurant. That's weird. So I respected him because he didn't care. I, I got the feeling if I goes, look, I'm not going to pay the bill. I'll just leave. That's up to you, sir. But they will never serve an espresso too early. Yeah, it's, he cared about it very deeply and very dearly. It was just that. But he should have explained that the first time. Go, oh well, well, I'll only give it to you at the end. But to keep going, yeah, of course it's coming. He couldn't be bothered. It's coming at the end, you bozo. <laughs> <laughs> Why no. didn't he just say it? I think he was stringing me along, you know. Just I think, yeah, like, yeah. What, he, well, he was. He strung me along, just kept me there, just played me like a violin. There was nothing I could do. So there you go. I didn't do anything wrong. I handled it well. G, that's come from G, hasn't it? I don't. I didn't badly it badly. Did I? Did I get petulant at any point? Did I threaten to leave? Did I smash anything? You, you couldn't believe that you wouldn't serve it. I can't believe. I'm on your side. Thank you. You've brought me and Matt closer together there. That hardly ever happens. Especially not live on radio. So let's pull ourselves apart now for the worst fart ever in your dressing room just before Bono was coming backstage. I was in Ireland. I'd given a magnificent performance. It was really good. I was, like, I was on stage at the Olympia Theatre. You have an espresso in, in, in Rome. You meet Bono in Ireland. What a life I lead. I know. Wow, man. <laughs> I remember no. when I was just a little girl growing up in Maidstone. I never yeah. thought that this was possible. No. Well, then I, like, I clambered off the stage, up the What up was it? Sorry, boxes. I didn't listen to the first bit of this. It's in the Olympia in Dublin. You know, it was me doing Messiah Complex, probably. And then I, like, oh, a stand-up right. comedy show. Right. And I clambered up the royal boxes and that. And it was all precarious, up a trellis. Well, you climbed up on the outside yeah, of it? Yeah, yeah, man. I'm hardcore. I'm deadly. I'm dangerous. That's why I get to have a res- an espresso in Rome, you know, because <laughs> of these uh, these edgy moves. And then I looked across the box and I see that in the opposite box, it was like Bono and a couple of other lads out of you too. And I thought, oh, this is cool. I mean, Dublin, there's Bono. And then I went, you know, well, you didn't know they were at the show? Didn't know. And then I did a good show. It was funny in that. And I always have a good time in Ireland anyway. You remember, of course. Oh, yes, of course. I remember a few good times. (laughs) (laughs) Terrible things. We were in Bono's hotel room at one point, weren't we? We were just playing a piano. (laughs) <laughs> basically during no, an orgy. that was funny, actually. Look, uh, it wasn't an orgy. To... I wasn't involved in an orgy. Okay. It was group sex. <laughs> Crikey. No, no, we had this hotel room, mm. and you, like, this is the mad thing. I went Jim Morrison had an orgy. He was like, yeah, man. But you were like, right, you stand over there. You. <laughs> the poor lad had some sort of piano qualification. And yeah, there was, was a grand fight, piano great in the hotel. Pianist. You're not going to waste that an orgy. Get the boy tickling the ivories. <laughs> and he demanded that he sat there and played the piano. He was quite a nice ambience by f- crying. <laughs> <laughs> the tears splashing With his on eyes the keys. Pinched shut while he played the piano. <laughs> I'm not looking at the ladies. <laughs> and also, me, you, and G all had a hot tub, didn't we? Do you remember that? We went in a hot tub, us three. Was we naked? That was before the orgy. That would have been weird if there was an orgy and we went, guys, hot tub, just us three. Just be pals together. <laughs> Willy fights. Tough tips and wings. Get away, girl. Frightened those. Yeah, well, this is another Bono related story. Again, involving G. Doesn't involve a hot tub or any kind of group sex activity. Well, there wasn't. I mean, that's, like, we're being silly there with the whole Absolutely orgy. Absolutely. We're exaggerating, and all of the people's names were mentioned in that story have since been killed. <laughs> and we, I was, so after the gig ended, it went well. I was backstage in the dressing room and uh, I had a sense that Bono well I was hoping that Bono might turn up at some point uh, but there, there was a moment of flatulence which as you know is very rare in my life and it was, it was quite mm. it was a small dressing room and it was a potent fart and just almost as the, the moment that I, I have allowed it to uh, evacuate 
G come around the corner and goes, Bono's coming. And so like then Bono, you can't like he come looming around the door, right into the he's sort of like just walked into a like a, a fugue of what you call a poo ghost, man. Yes. I do call it a poo ghost. I mean, it's the phantom. And this sounds like it was a particularly haunting one. It really was as an apocalyptic vision. Well, so you didn't know he's coming. I'll do it quickly before he gets here. He was just suddenly upon you. Actually, I seem to remember there was a ticking clock component of right. like Bono could come at any moment. Let's get this. Who thing was he out with? The, the Edge? No, no, he wasn't. He wasn't with any of the other ones. Right. It was just him and I believe an attractive wife type lady. <laughs> I wouldn't know how to begin to categorise her and then uh, yeah he just came there and I had to sort of, it's not easy to conduct a conversation when there's a, such a potent subtext yeah was it that bad the olfactory system so did he I didn't bring it up because it was Bono yeah but I would have sort of thought but he thought might go a bit of a fart there pal but you know let's talk about the show I mean, well, you I'd, could have blamed someone else in your vicinity I don't the reason I don't mention it is because I assume that Bono will do that anyway what do you mean? We'll just think. Well, it's like, cut me. This guy just man. done an amazing show. Look at him up there clambering around the awnings. I think we should try and contact Bono and ask him if he remembered it. Yeah, I bet Bono said stand-up comedians are top of the food chain. Go up there. He said no guitars or anything. He said, "Well Did done." He? Yeah. <laughs> he said it with a hanky pressed to his face <laughs> with a <the> nose gay. <laughs> I don't know what's in that food. But oh, I'd, I'd, near the top of it. You'd think that he would just go. It stinks in here. Yeah, well, no, he didn't. He didn't bring it up. Now, so there we go, Matthew. That seems what? to be... How everyone's nodding. It's like shaking their heads at my Irish accent. No, no, no. Oh, are they the Irish? You've offended the I've Irish. I've offended the Irish. It's good, actually, because if we're going to offend anyone, let's offend people that are actually here, because that's sort and of And then proves. they can shake their heads and I can go, sorry for that sorry bad for Irish that accent. Sorry for both North and South. We're, it's a real sincere apology. Okay, so that's uh, the end of this podcast. Uh, thank you for those of you that sent us. We didn't get to the jingles. We'll do that in the next episode. Yeah. Do join us for another podcast this Sunday, probably Sunday, but yeah. Sunday. But before we uh, bail out of this madness altogether, why don't we get Mr. G to summarise this whole thing in the form of poetry? This poem's called "When Nature Calls." There's a collective unconscious of the myths set upon us, from the tales of the flood to the desires of our sponsors. Picture a faraway land, devoid from man's hand, where woodpeckers and weasels collaborate to ease the pang. Can we reflect on the flutter of an eyelash, where wilderness is bliss, beyond the tinkling of a lonely piano? Somebody should kiss this. <laughs> Perhaps nature is the master, and evolution provides the choice. So in this world of many accents, deep down we all fart with one voice. Well done. One day he'll tell us the mysteries of how he writes those things, will he? You can win that poem if you want to. Did we decide on what the nature of the competition was going to be? Nope. By the next episode, we'll work out what you've got to do. Oh, we did get people to record themselves saying, my willy done a burp, which seems like a real juvenile step backwards for such pioneering <laughs> really young media minds as us. But someone did it. There's, I've got a, an image of a woman saying those very, very words. Welcome to Russell Brand Podcast with Russell and Matt. My willy did a burp. <laughs> Yeah. But she corrected the grammar to my willy did a burp, which, you know, that's not quite what we asked for. No, no, no. So we can't really... Very angry about that. Mm. Brought to you by Audio Boom.